the worst thing to do is like start the show and not hit the right buttons, right? Yeah. You posted the same, the same video thing, like five yeah. times. I was like, oh man. <laughs> well, we are live. Uh, Hello, and welcome to Pixel Pints. We are the only global podcasting show that covers two great things, which is good beer and video games. I'm your host, Mitch McWomble's away. So you can get stuck with me. And I'm stuck with two mm, okay guests. It's fine. Fuck. Yeah, this we'll we'll, we'll 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 see how uh, you know how spicy the hot takes are in the show today. So depends on that. I'm I'm joined by one Evan Piotrowski all the way in Japan. Hi, Evan. You're stuck with me. Stuck. <laughs> stuck. Stuck in the stuck in the middle with you. Actually, on my screen, I am in the middle. So. Uh... See, on my screen, I'm Something. in the middle, but that's just because I'm looking at what the viewers see. I'm in the middle. <laughs> I, I quickly ran to the store before we started recording to get some uh, some beer, and I was waiting in line, and I looked over at a... You know how much a kiwi? A single kiwi is in Japan. 178 yen. And I should have looked this up beforehand, because you're like, what does that mean? It's, well, it's like $2, yeah. right? Wait, what's the American, what's the American uh, rate? A dollar twenty-two, okay, for a single kiwi. I don't, I don't know the last time I bought a kiwi in the grocery store. Yeah, I don't store, know that so. either. I don't know how much I'd pay for a kiwi. Well, you guys have so much more. Um, you have way more uh, options than we. We have fewer. We have fewer options. That's not true. less. We have fewer. I'm just kidding. Um, but no, but like in Japan, uh, fruit is kind of seen as like a like a special treat. Like, and that's fair because you don't before. make it in Japan. Yeah. You have to import it. Uh, it depends on the fruit, but there's not a big variety of fruit. You have like mm. apples, bananas, peaches, uh, some melon types, and kiwis are big now. You see them everywhere. They weren't like that a like about a decade ago, but and that's about it. There's not a lot of variety. It's more vegetable variety in in Japan, but they don't. They don't like walk down the street like eating an apple or something. I I, I know I'm, this is this is going very long. Mitch is uh, is happy. I keep talking, but uh, many many years ago, my my friend Simon was like watching football, and his his wife was like, "Oh, would you wanna want a pair?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I'll take a pair." He's watching this, and then, like twenty minutes later, she like brings this plate out, and, like all individually, like the skin was peeled, it was cut into eighths with like a toothpick in it. He's like, "Well." Like, just give me the fucking pair. But it's just a different cultural thing. It's like, you, you would right. put that out for someone to have, like, one slice of. You wouldn't grab a whole pair and just eat it type of thing. So I think it's or 178 yen for a, a kiwi is not that big of a deal because it's not like they're going out and buying, like, a bushel or something like that. But also right. thinking about it, probably, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, Japanese food is... T- mainly vegetable based in regards like more variety of vegetable than variety of fruit fruits used more in their desserts than it is in like main dishes yeah that's accurate yeah most mostly mostly vegetables in in main main dishes yeah see i learned something learned something uh then i'm joined also by burkoff 
all the way in flooding Vegas. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to stay afloat. Uh, <laughs> might have to uh, might have to f- file a, an insurance claim. We had a leak yesterday because it was raining so hard. You you bring out the floaties already. <laughs> Right, yeah, right. Like, a, <laughs> like no, I imagine you with the flo- with the arm floaties, and then the like the the little like unicorn floaty that's there. You'll be like, <laughs> I'm ready for this. I'm ready to get flooded. No, he, yeah, but he, he's just like chill. Yeah, chilling in like like the donut floaty thing, or yeah. just with the floaties on in his living room, but like still drinking. Like, yeah, oh, exactly. Away. I trust I trust the sewer, the oh, drainage man. system. Oh, no, no, he's no, he's got he's got the steam deck in his hands because it's portable, so he can just float while he plays on his steam deck all day because uh, yeah. that battery's gonna last you <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i know um well yeah it's been crazy man i i've not seen rain like that in vegas before so ever ever yeah i mean it's wow. rained hard uh monsoon season is a thing but um this is the first time i've seen it rain like that the one thing that is great about rain like that Everything looks so nice and green the next day. Dude, our roads are so effed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was coming home Friday. We left work early. They shut the, they closed everything down an hour early so people could drive home in between um, the storm systems. Mm. And um, I was stuck on the streets called Rainbow. It's like one of the major roads. I was stuck Rainbow on Road. Rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> Stuck on Rainbow for like almost an hour, and I hadn't gone more than two city blocks. Oh wow! There's so many people, and like, yeah, it was just crazy. Interesting. That's given me PTSD from living in Chicago. Like that was my commute home every mm-hmm. day. Chicago. Bill Burr just recently talked about. He's like, everyone talks about Chicago. He's like, don't go to Chicago. Go to Milwaukee. It's smaller, <laughs> less traffic, and the, the Lake Michigan's still right there. Right, but yeah, uh, I people you know, would Chicago's say a nice city, but people would say that about my commute. But I'm for, fortunate enough with COVID happening, traffic is not as bad as it used to be. It's still bad at times, but it's not like it's. I'm also like I'm also later out at night, so like it's I'm not hitting the the three o'clock traffic, the rush hour. The rush yeah, hour. The rush I'm hour hitting it at seven, so it's like it's not as big of a deal, but. It's still not as bad. I like even during the day if I went somewhere, I don't hit traffic as often and it doesn't take me as long to get to places. But also I lived in the Midwest, so you know, used to that. To get to grandma, four hour drive, get used to it. So like forty five minutes to go somewhere. Apparently when I tell that to someone in LA, they're like, How can you live with that kind of commute? I'm like, dude, it's forty five minutes. It's just like you put a couple podcasts on, Bob's your uncle, you're good. So I don't know. I don't know. That's, don't... that's not so bad. Right. My commute is it's door to door is about 40 minutes, but it's like 10 minute bike ride, 20 minute train ride, 12 minute walk. Yeah. So it's I mean, to, the same. to go see my dad, it was always an hour and a half car ride. Like so driving at least an hour. If it's under an hour, that is not a commute. That's not that bad of a commute <laughs> to me. Yeah. I do get a lot of uh, podcasts and, and audiobooks in. Yeah. Gotta listen them at 1.5 the speed to get through them all. Anyway, just like you can listen to us, we are stream live here on twitch.tv slash pixelpints every single weekend. This might change. We might be going to the YouTubers soon. I just haven't had time to set all that up. Hey, 
our Starfield stream. That might be the one. Who knows? I might get it set up in time. Oh, that's right. But anyways, uh, you can follow us on Twitch. Uh, we stream live at Twitch every single week at twitch.tv slash pixelpints. You can follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore pints. We're never calling it X. So just, just the, we're not changing that logo. That logo's staying there forever. Um, just a giant <laughs> F you to Elon Musk. Um, and you can also follow us on uh, on Instagram at Pixel Pints Pod. Uh, you can also watch our archive show on YouTube. Um, just look up Pixel Pints, white, white mug, green background. You'll find it. Or if you can go to any podcasting service or around the globe, we do have them on there as well. Yes, uh, we were talking about Starfield for a second. I just want to promote this because you know I'm uh, you get to relish in my pain. Uh, so uh, Berkoff made a bet. I I mean I made a wager uh, to make him play a game. We're actually going to talk about that game in the show later today. Um, but because he played it, I have to play Starfield for the same amount of hours that he played this other game that we'll talk about later in the show. Um, so that stream will not be next week. Um, I'm actually out of town, so we actually won't have a show next week. But the following week, literally, we will start the show, and the show is going to be I'm playing the game. Everyone's hanging out. They're going to pick my character. They're going to hang out with me for the first couple hours, and then they can leave whenever they want or stay on for the entire time. But I'm going to stream, and I have to stream for like 30-something hours. So um, we'll see how this goes. Uh, but yes, I will be playing Starfield. I have no idea what I'm going to pick for, like, what kind of style I want to play for my character and stuff. However, we'll see. But if you want to watch me be tortured and pained over Starfield, especially with accessibility, only having big font as the only accessibility option, you got to be kidding me in 2023, people. Really? That's, that's all they did? That's getting, uh, yeah. It's bad. It's real bad. Um, it's getting, like, my... You know, Keith had like worst company of the year at the our, our Pixel Pint Awards. I want to give like Starfield the worst accessibility award for like for mm-hmm. a developer that has so much money to just only do big font. That's so disappointing. Um, just it's unacceptable it, to be honest. It's actually font. pretty much unacceptable. Yeah. Um, and Todd Howard's like, oh, I use big font mode. It's like, yeah. How about you make accessibility settings for not just you, Todd? There's more of the people that are just you in the world. So, anyway, that is shaved shaved down that 1,000 planets to maybe 500, and then get some people working on accessibility. Yeah, seriously. So, yeah, <laughs> I know that's not how that works, but totally. So, in a nutshell, two weeks Starfield streaming it all weekend long. Get as many hours in there, and we'll we'll be subsequent streams throughout the time to be able to get to that number. I'm going to put a countdown timer clock on the stream so to make sure I cancel at the exact moment that I can (laughs) so I don't overplay this game because I'm not... uh, We'll see if I enjoy it or not, but I have not liked many of Bethesda's games. I did like Fallout 3. Besides that, I have not liked any other other titles. So, anyway, enough of that. Let's get on to the show, which first we always talk about good beer. So let's get some beer talk in, fellas. Who's got beer? Because I got beer. I'm surprised. I think uh, I'm the only one that doesn't have beer. This. What's <laughs> this going on? Raining cats and dogs. That's <laughs> uh, the leaky is, roof. Yeah. He's drinking that leaky roof too much. That's his new beer, leaky roof. Uh, now this is. I just still had some leftover of the rad dad from a couple weeks. Uh, oh, this is probably a month ago. It's been a while since we've done a night stream. So, but yeah, yeah got more of that rad dad going on. So. 
So I'm just going to keep going with this one. Interesting. Long Beach Beer Lab. Yes. Is a Kyoto Beer Lab. Is that a, is that a thing now? Companies? It must be. Uh, yeah. Can't remember. What I'm glad they didn't use Labo. Beer Labo. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I just can't remember what this was. I think this was just a... Yeah, well, we'll see when I drink it again. I completely forgot what this was. <laughs> was, it, was that the hazy IPA? I think it was. Or was that the no, other one? No, I don't think it was an IPA. I think there well, was like a, you had like a pineapple one, right? Yeah, but I think that was a that was like a craft specialty beer on my birthday, and that was like way way back episode. Okay, so yeah. we'll see what this one is. Let's. Oh. That head's going to be insane. All right, let it all out. <laughs> hey, I I drank I drank like 12 beers last night and I didn't burp once. You know why? Cuz I poured the beer into a glass just as Mitch that is a that is a lovely pour by the way. Let out all that carbonation you, so it doesn't do you, uh, uh, get in your stomach. Do you know what uh what's his name? John Tapper from uh bar rescue does he takes a napkin and he dabs it into the beer so that it gets all the carbonation out of the beer i've seen that done before yeah so yeah yeah that also simulates what it looks like in your stomach if a bunch of food gets dropped in there just for you evan beer and- i had to give yeah. you an evan pour just for you that's great <laughs> so love it you can you can take care of yours while i'm getting this in check <laughs> um well i'm not i'm still not working i have a um, I have only a month left till I go back to work proper. It's very depressing. Um, yeah, only a month. Like, it's like, go fuck yourself, right? But um, it is Sunday, but I could I could drink, but I'm just thinking maybe I shouldn't. Uh, I do have a beer here, but I'm not going... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I should drink, but my friend went to Hokkaido. He's gonna let I think I showed a beer. Yeah, really. I'm, this is a, this is a first to be the <laughs> only on? one to drink on the show. The <laughs> only one. Mitch, Mitch is uh. drinking, and and me and Matt aren't. That's something. <laughs> something's wrong. It's raining in 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 Vegas. I don't like this. <laughs> Matt's roof is flooding. Um, like what's what? Uh, the, yeah, that's uh, going on. Weird name. Lupicia Brewery, from Niseko, Hokkaido, which I'm not familiar with the area. So. Uh, that's quite blur. Oh, there we go. Uh, um, I don't really like the label. This is kind of boring. There's a mountain on it. I'm guessing there's a there's a mountain in the area. Oh yeah, it says the name of the mountain, which I cannot read actually. Uh, let's see, a supreme full-bodied malt flavor with bitterness, tones of citrus and hops, giving this IPA a refreshing and distinctive taste. That's a whole lot of nothing, isn't it? But I don't know. I don't know if I want to crack this. Because, uh, at least for the time being, I'm drinking Suntory All Free, all free baby. It's got, does it say, zero calories, zero carbs, and zero purine. Is it purine? Or purine, yeah. Pure, that's... Purine, right? Yeah. So, I didn't know what that was, and I looked it up, and it's, it's like an organic compound found mostly in meat, but it's also in vegetables, but it's, it's also in beer. Too. Yeah, and fish, fish and yeah. And one of the main reasons people get the king's disease, they get gout, is because right. of um, purine. Uh, yeah, and that's why if you drink if you drink a lot, you could get gout. Yeah. Um, more so than if you you didn't or you didn't you know eat a lot of rich meats. Uh, but yeah, this is zero point zero zero 
5%. And it's actually not that bad. Tastes like it's beer. not beer. I mean, as close as you can get with having okay. no beer in it. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I don't know. You'd have to you'd have to try it. But yeah, the Suntory All Free is the best of the 0% beers. They do have Budweiser here. I tried the 0% Budweiser. It is awful. It is disgusting. Sure. I couldn't even finish it. So yeah, I'll I'll be having a a few of these all freeze. Yeah. Well, I do have a uh, special beverage. It's not beer. It's Iron Brew. <laughs> so I'll be drinking that. Mumble's not on here. I know. Is it? Is it a nice hangover drink? It actually is. Yeah, it's it helps. Um, this is basically. I remember what this is now. It's like a a lemon tart beer, basically. Okay. Um, but I liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sticking with it. It's a nice, uh, crisp, nice, fresh in the sun type beer. So nice. Well, all right, let's get to the show proper because we got a lot to cover. We are talking about Final Fantasy, but specifically, we have Burkoff that just finished Final Fantasy VII Remake based off the wager mm-hmm. that we made for each other. And then I just finished Final Fantasy 16, which I know Evan Piotrowski also has finished both titles. <laughs> so uh, we thought this would be a good time to talk about both titles. Spoiler alert for both titles. And then just kind of like the the theme of Final Fantasy going in the future. How are we liking it? You know, stick with that theme. But let's start off with Burkoff. So you have played final fantasy 7 remake first of all yeah congratulations you said you'd never do it i'm happy i convinced <laughs> you to do it what's your well, thoughts what's your thoughts on it all right so 37 hours um it took me to complete it um i would say here's the good stuff okay we'll start with the good stuff um they nailed the characters they nailed the voice acting the environments feel like they should um, and are hyper detailed, and I enjoy that. Um, after that, I that's where I start to to lose it. So I think I gave it a seven point five out of ten, or a seven out of ten. Um, after I finished it, and I don't know. It's the all right. The combat is the probably the biggest issue that I have with it. Um, it tries to be tactical. And there are some boss fights that are really interesting with like the stuff that you have to do, the patterns that happen. But the camera is a fucking mess the entire game, um, especially in the combat sections. Um, and most of the time, I was just watching the meters and just like s- slamming the uh, square or X button. Um, and it was like, okay, uh, till meter built up and then I hit A and then I go through all my characters and see like, all right, what, what am I going to use? Do I have to heal? Do I use a spell? Do I, you know, use an ability, that type of thing. So a lot of times I wasn't even paying attention to what was actually happening on screen. I was just watching the meters trying to figure out, you know, what it was that I had to do next. Did you ever um, try to like take the, like, cause when I played, I played a lot with the hotkeys, like use them a lot. So and I'd I only use must... like the I'd only use the pausing when I felt like I want I needed to be strategic for a minute to like re-strategize. Yeah, so I did use them a little bit early game. 
Uh, but I found it was just easier to get my bearings on what the hell was going on to just pause it every, I don't know, however, you know, every 30 seconds or every minute or whatever. Um, you know, partially because the, the camera's kind of all over the place and really hard to control. Um, so there was that. Uh, I think the game is entirely way too long for what it is. Like, the segment that it expands in the original game was six hours, maybe. Um, and to have it be 30 hours, you know, at at, at its quickest is, um, it's just, it's too much. They put too much into it. It should have been, like, half that, at least. Um, there's obviously, like... <sighs> Advent children stuff going on too, right? So, uh, Nomura just went crazy with uh, having Sephiroth appear super early and then making him like a pivotal, uh, well, spoilers, he's the end boss, right? But it, there's really no reason for him to be the end boss. Like, it doesn't make any sense when you get there. Um, and the whole Destiny's thing, um, where like, Barrett gets stabbed, but then he gets brought back to life, and you're like, okay, is this how they're gonna deal with uh, with Eris or Aerith um, when that part of the story comes up? But the way that it ends is like, are they even gonna go with the rest of the story of Seven? I don't know. Yeah, what's um, your what's your what's your what's your overall thought on that? Because like the the. Like basically, they said the whole point of the ending is to say that they defeated fate to make it be a same one for one of the original. So things will be different going forward. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Um, it could be interesting. I mean, they could do a lot of things. Um, and I mean, if they tighten up the the controls a little bit, the camera on the combat, um, maybe. I don't know, give some more options there or make it easier to switch characters um, or switch between characters at times. Like, I don't know. They could they could do a lot with it and it, it might be good, but I just, I don't know, I, I feel like it's a weird out for them to just do whatever they want. Will you play the second one? I don't know, we'll see when it comes out. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be PlayStation 5 exclusive for a year, right? I think it was PlayStation and PC. Okay, well, if it comes to Steam, yeah, I might, I might play, I might pick it up and might play it, but it would probably be uh, dependent on reviews. I'll watch reviews and see. What was I? Well, okay, what what do you think is the worst and your most favorite moment from the from the remake? Um, worst moment is the end of the game. That segment's <laughs> too long. It's too hard. Like it's. I I probably died at least four or five times between the different um, the three wraith like things the, the destiny fate and whatever. Um, it it is it, too long. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. It's I mean that's like two hours uh, just that you know depending on uh, what difficulty you've got it on. Uh, so that's probably my least favorite. My favorite moment was um, yeah, probably Cornejo or Corneo. Um, Mark Hamill did an amazing job playing the character and bringing him to life and making him just this disgusting uh, 
you know, crazy character. So I, that was probably my favorite moment. Um, and the way that that whole uh, city is done uh, is really nice. Like being able to walk through there, like all the nooks and crannies and um, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was that was probably the best by far. Yeah, I'd agree. Like one of my favorite parts about that title is like being able to go through Midgar and go through so much of it to really understand how big the place really is and how small, yeah. small and insignificant like your location is. And I think it made the moments where, you know, when Midgar got bombed, I just, you know, your section getting bombed is more what I meant to say is like, you feel the significance a little more by understanding how, how insignificant you are in comparison to this giant, giant space. Cause I think in the original, you really couldn't tell. And it's, it's just cause of the graphics and, how linear yeah. it was at the time and things like that. But here it's, it feels so much like, more yeah. expanse. Well, I mean, it's only one location in like a very big game too. I mean, there's so much other shit in the Final Fantasy seven world. Um, which, I mean, it goes back to like the first point that I was saying where it's just, uh, narrowing it to that segment of, you know, the source material is, I don't know. It, it it was nice to see it blown up, but I you just spend way too much time there, and they reuse everything. They reuse every location at least four times. So like I, going through to do like the side quests and try to like learn about you know the NPCs and stuff like that. It was more of a chore because it's like damn it, I it forces you to go back through these areas anyway, um, and then so then to do it again to clean up some of the side quests or get some extra story or try to learn, you know, about the NPCs. It was like, fuck, why, you know, it's the same environments over and over. It is, it is interesting. And like you're saying, Berkhoff, where you can see very clear parts of the game where it could have been just cut or at least it, it, it shows you that like this, you did, you added unnecessary elements. Like when you're with Aerith or Eris, uh, walking through the junkyard, Oh my god! Uh, you have to do that. That's like that's like two screens long, and, and like in the background of the junkyard, there's like a metal hand that right. you like w just walk walk past. And they're like, you know what we're going to do? <laughs> we're gonna put that giant hand. Do you remember that giant hand from FF7? Yeah, yeah. No, you don't. Well, okay, here it is. We'll make you remember just, it now. They, you, <laughs> yeah, they put in this little mini game where you have to like move the hand and then Eris jumps on yeah. it and then and then there's like two or three of them it's like, a whole why is, dungeon why did you yeah. put this in here it's, it's like ridiculous a, yeah, it's like it's, it's, like, like, this... a, it's like a two-hour dungeon of just going through. And <laughs> there's like four I, hands i own it's so dumb it's it's so unnecessary i went back after playing that game because I, I i have ff7 on my playstation 5 and i played through midgar and i i turned on like uh, like limit breaks forever and just so i could yeah, get yeah. through it but it was still, it was like two hours, maybe three, something like that. It's quite, it's quite small. Yeah, it's quite short, yeah. So yeah, some of the, I do remember as well another, and this is something I hope games stop doing, uh, when you do that, and I know it's optional, but still, it's in the game, right? Um, you have to find those cats. <laughs> as oh, a side yeah, quest yeah. to find. It's like um, one of the first yeah. ones. Yeah, it is one of the first. Yeah, and <laughs> as you're doing it, Cloud's like, this sucks. Like he might as well just like look at the look at the screen, and it's like just because he says it sucks doesn't mean 
mean the you get away with it game like yeah, oh it does oh so okay don't tell so, me that i know it's I know a different it. i know it's a different title but final fantasy 16 when you get near the end of the game you do a lot of there's a lot of melee combat especially there's one area where you basically are going through every single mini boss in one area and he just goes the <laughs> it's the first time the character ever says it but he just goes of course there's more there's got to be more and then i just laugh at him just going like oh my god that's exactly what i was thinking but you're so right and i'm so on board with it and i laughed at the screen but anyway yeah that's um yeah i know i totally totally i i can i can see that in some aspects of it for sure yeah um some of the npcs too are just super generic they um they want you to be engaged with the world, but then like you're walking around and it's like, did you buy these assets off of the fucking Epic store for the unreal engine? Like what, like who designed some rough, these some rough who, faces? Dude. Yeah. Like who designed these characters, you know, like, uh, our Chadley's kind of interesting. Um, the Chocobo dude, uh, but even him, like he looks, he doesn't look like he fits in the world, <laughs> you know? There's some people uh, that like. It's not anachronistic, anachronistic really, but there's some people I'm like looking. At, I'm like, you just have like t-shirt and jeans on. Like, I don't know if I like that. You look like you could right. be on the corner, like outside my house. Yeah. I, I, you know, it was much more abstract in the in the original game. You didn't really think about that, but no. Now that they, yeah. Now that they're fully weird. realized, yeah, it is. It's it's kind of jarring, especially like the the train scene. Um, where Barrett walks up to the guys in suits that supposedly work for Shinra. Oh. You know, and it's just like, how do you not know that, like, it was was painfully obvious in the original game that we were the terrorists, right? But it's even more painfully obvious (laughs) in that scene that they're the terrorists, you know? Dude, I, I'm glad that you said that because I was going to bring that up at some point in this. Yeah, like, in the game again, like, you're made out of, like, eight polygons, so it's like, your pants are red and your shirt is blue or like oh, maybe that's a coat like i don't know right, right but right. in this game yeah it's like they have like ak one of the reactors just exploded in that area and then a bunch of people with a gun arm sweaty all like dirty with like blood on them and like ak-47s on their back get on the train and no one's like oh it's the- that's totally that everyone run right right yeah exactly just the guy in a suit just like chilling Barrett's like yelling at him. I know it's it's so obvious, yeah. But again, that's what that's what happens when you your graphics get um, like not photorealistic, but realistic. Yeah. It that type of stuff stands out, right? Exactly. But it's gorgeous. It is a really good looking it, game. Like, it is really um, pretty. Yeah. Like oh my Except god! Except for the chapter fifteen skybox. Chapter. 15. Did they well, fix that? I don't know. I mean, it's it's not that noticeable. Um, I feel like it it works. Um, They they might have fixed it because when I played that and you keep climbing up and up and up, and you there's this big skybox in the background and it looks like a three hundred eighty by three hundred eighty pixel, um, of like Midgar just stretched out over the whole skybox is awful. I remember Daniel Bloodworth talking about that back in the day. Yeah, I think they did fix it because I. Uh, I distinctly remember, yeah, once you climb up the wall and uh, there's no turning back, you know, um, once you hit that 
yeah, there's a few moments where I stopped and actually just looked around because um, I thought and it that didn't was look actually, bad. No, it felt like it was it, it was a powerful scene, like just how high okay. up you were and stuff. Yeah. So I don't think they, um, they, they totally fixed that then because it used to. There, ha someone has to have a. There has to be a screenshot or something on YouTube of someone with the original skybox because it looked like crap. But anyway, sorry, Mitch, you were saying that graphically the game looks good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just think like it's it's really really pretty. I, I think, you know, skyboxes are f very much foolish on a sense of scale. But I think because of how the skyboxes were used in this title with the space that is there. I think is probably the most effective especially when you're telling like you're in the slums of your section and you look above in your skybox and you see the literal sections above you or when you're climbing up on the the higher end of the skybox and you look below and you can see all the different sections of uh, midgar i think as a narrative tool the skyboxes were so helpful to really feel that scale that i just never felt in the original um, that I actually like, this, I so like it. It was a smart approach too, because it is an extremely linear game. Like it's just point A to point B and here's the story that it's telling. And so you don't need it to be explorable or fully, mm -hmm. uh, realized and rendered, right? You just need that, um, the feel. Yeah. I do. I do have a question for you off the, uh, it's about combat. Cause I know you're, you're a big turn-based guy but i have to ask this because it was like it was probably my favorite feature from the title which was when you get a different sword besides the buster sword and you mm -hmm. use the special move on it to master it and then you could then map it to the buster sword so that you could still aesthetically keep the buster sword if you wanted to what was your thought about that because i love I that i didn't do any of that i so the the different weapons i was like okay clearly um they're truncating this a little bit and they're doing the um the weapon enhancement system so that it's i guess somewhat consistent with uh the original right so you're not overwhelmed with all these weapons that you would have normally had in a game that length um being able to unlock certain things was i don't know it was kind of it was, it was i guess a, a an interesting compromise um well what i found interesting about it is because like you technically could not use other moves on other weapons unless it was the buster sword and only if you use that move enough times on the original weapon so it's almost right, like right. you could if you liked a certain weapon stick with it it's fine go ahead like keep using it or if you really were compelled to and you wanted to like make yourself uh, like a specialty weapon that has a couple different moves on the Buster Sword, you could. And I, I absolutely loved that. And I just, I kept unlocking moves, but then getting rid of the sword and just keeping my Buster Sword and then just switching out different types of moves. Um, also, I, I like the aesthetic look of the Buster Sword, so I like to keep it. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I switched out for the nail bat for a little bit of the game just to see what it was like playing with a different weapon but i think i just went back to the buster sword and didn't bother like i would unlock stuff as we got those points like i would go in and look at the the different weapons that i had and unlock stuff to see does it you know make 
sense to switch or whatever. But in terms of like the stats, um, the Buster sort of felt like was always the most. Um, so I, I I didn't really unlock anything else on any of the other weapons because numerically, when I looked at the stats, equipping that and having that equipped made more sense because I had more points. Mm. So. Yeah, I thought the sacrifice. I I do remember that, and I think of, for me it was like the the sacrifice was worth it to like get the unlock, but then switch back to my high powered Buster Sword. Yeah, it was almost like you're sacrificing um, the the stats to unlock something to make your Buster Sword even more strong, which I kind of appreciated. Like there is a yeah. there is a choice. So, well, yeah, one of the things that I did with Barrett um, was I don't know what the weapon's called, but it's the um, it's the spike ball. So it's not actually uh, you know he has the he has the normal chain gun and then he's got like the machine gun one and then the the, the spiked ball hand um and then he's got like the pincers too i didn't use those but i i did use the the spike ball and made him more of like a a magic user for part of the game um and so that was that was interesting i like the ability to sort of mold the characters because that was one of the things you could do in the original game is really mold the characters depending on what type of material and stuff you had equipped to the like the the role that they were playing in the team um so there were times where like uh there's only a couple places in the game where you actually need ranged um so most of the time like i would just swap out barrett and um have him equipped with other stuff and make him a magic user rather than relying on his uh, chain gun okay he was my favorite character to play like when i it took me a while to wrap my head around that um fighting system the battle system combat system it just there's something about the hybrid uh, style of it that like my brain just didn't understand some of the the timing stuff and i remember when i finally wrapped my head around barrett i think i i made him a tank magic user and i was i started like really really killing or like defeating bosses in a way that i felt like i was doing everything properly and that's when it hit for me like oh okay i i get this this combat system but it took me a really long time for me to to get it this actually brings up a different question then uh did you either of you have well evan you kind of answered it by saying barrett but uh matt did you have a specific character you rather use than cloud like did you end up using uh taking control of a different character more often than when you were using cloud um no, not more often, but occasionally I would switch to Tifa because she's kind of fun to, to play with. I, I was going to say for me, like it was majority cloud, but I would switch to Tifa. I really liked Tifa. I loved her moveset. Yeah. I love her combos. Well, it felt like too, like um, just because she's so quick. Mm-hmm. Um, like if there was a time that like Cloud got stunned or was hit with something or whatever, and he just kind of like, you know, staggered or whatever, I would switch over to Tifa make sure that she was attacking uh whatever character it was or whatever enemy it was that you know stunned cloud so that once he snapped out of it i could switch back to him and then have him you know do other stuff or whatever totally so yeah she was fun and like her abilities were kind of cool um did you have a different character you used besides uh, uh barrett evan or is barrett kind of your your other go-to besides cloud uh t- totally 
Tifa. She's so I like Barrett because he's a tank. You can stand back and keep. Um, he has a barrage of limit breaks. Is like he put, he puts his de a defense. Yeah, and then you. That's what that's what I would do when and you like make sure your gun doesn't overheat and hit it at the right time and then you can shoot the blast and keep keep that going while you're you have a strong defense. But in terms of getting up close, I think Tifa is clearly the best character because if you use there's some um, if you go on YouTube there are some people that. They do. It's like Tifa combat tips. There's some crazy <laughs> stuff that you can. By the way, you know how sometimes you 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 want to look something up, but you type in like the most basic information. Don't type Tifa YouTube. Don't do that. <laughs> Be more specific, please. Um, I, but when you said Tifa Tifa fighting tips, I instantly think like they they voiced over her saying like you want my Tifa fighting tips and like she does like she has the personality like she would definitely be in an infomercial being you like you want the Tifa t fighting tips boom 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 here let me give you a few here get the one two I'm like okay or or like um it shows uh, some someone doing like have, being terrible at com combat and it's like dead 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 and then it's like pause and then she comes out on screen hi if this is you then i can help you out <laughs> exactly like, jumps up and down and stuff yeah yeah to but totally yeah, like, jumping into frame yep <laughs> but yeah you can um you can buff her combos and if I, I don't remember exactly how you do it but you can keep doing that and then when you get your limit break it just like stacks the damage like really really crazy and she's so fast that um if you if you know what you're doing with her she's can destroy almost almost anyone but again a lot of this stuff i'm like how did there's people are too good at video games you know it's it's the it's the whole uh yeah i beat i got the platinum in blasphemous 2 but someone did it the day it came out if you look at the trophies and they probably did it blindfolded with a ddr pad it's like <laughs> but if you look at the stuff that people you can do that's possible with tifa it's it's pretty crazy how how strong her. she's kind of op if you know how to do all that stuff yeah all right wrapping up the final fantasy 7 remake talk with final fantasy 7 part 2 is coming or whatever the one whatever it's, it's being called be, it's called uh, some with an r rebirth Re no rebirth rebirth Re yeah Re rebirth yeah so with rebirth are you in are you out or you don't know Let's go. Um, let's go. You're going. You're going last, Burkoff. You're going last. <laughs> Evan, are you in? Are you out? Or you don't know for the next one. Um, as someone who platinum Final Fantasy 15, I'm kind of in this weird <laughs> mode of like it's just my obligation to play all the Final Fantasy games. I was. I liked Final Fantasy 7 remake. I agree with Burkoff that the whole idea of you defeat the whispers meaning like you take a hold of your own control of your own destiny them winking at like from here on out things could be completely different well because zach's alive the original game right yeah that whole That's thing like how does totally that... different yeah. yeah and also i remember it's like almost it could be like an alternate um not ultimate alternate universe but a, a splinter in the course of history or something because they show the very end there's like um an empty potato potato chip or crisp container with a dog on it but when it cuts to zach the dog is the different dog so it's like right, right. this in this alternate world this logo is slightly different so who knows what they're gonna do with that i don't it's like bioshock infinite games that mess around with like the multiverse and stuff or timelines 
or time travel, sometimes it can be a huge issue because it renders almost any decision that you make completely um, meaningless because there's a time, there's a, there's, you could travel back in time or there's another um, universe where, you, where like you succeed, there's a universe where you die. And so like, what's the point? So I don't like when this stuff gets overly complicated and it it's it's starting to get like the end of that game is like way overly complicated. I'm just worried that it's going to get more complicated for, from here on out. However, uh, I, I'm yeah, I'll play it. I don't know if I'm going to play it right when it comes out. I'm, I'm worried there's not going to be an overworld. I know that now. I just wonder how they're going to like if it's so linear now, how because like Midgar is linear in that game in the first game but once you get out of midgar it's like well, there's this huge world and you can choose where to go how are they going to piece that together if there's no overworld i'm, I'm curious well we can't yeah, say I'm, there I'm is in. or isn't an overworld because technically the first game i mean the original game was linear in midgar so like they probably were just following the mm -hmm. same formula so can't really can't really say yeah. for certain but uh they could tackle it like final fantasy 16 which we'll get to that which um i really liked um but uh I'm in, hard in, hardcore. Um, really love, really liked everything. Um, I agree the the ending of the original was a little weird and and hard to follow at times. I think it was being a little too uh, cutesy and not just straight to the point. Um, but I, I I really love what I've saw the footage for the new for the new title, especially with um, them just doing slight evolutions to the combat system, including like duo moves, combination moves with your partners, and then that could end up leading to really cool moments uh, for characters when you're like, oh hey, I love playing with Cloud and Tifa. Let's have them do a dual combo together, and that would be really cool to be able to see often. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm I'm in. I mean, I enjoyed. I don't love Final Fantasy VII like the original. I think it's fine, but seeing it in, seeing it being like put in today's standard where it actually looks like, you know, um, real <laughs> in comparison to the other one, it's just so jarring with the bodies of the uh, of seven of the original to really like think of them as what they're supposed to look like and the environments to think of what they're supposed to look like. Because I think eight really perfected really making the world feel real and the characters feel real in that world um, because they were able to play with a little bit more stuff but um i know long tangent but anyway i really love seeing it in kind of modern standard and even if they aren't following the story exactly i do like some of the twists and turns they're doing with it um including like some characters dying when they're not supposed to or some characters got more fleshing out before they got killed and made their moment more uh memorable so I'm really excited to see what they do to like tackle this title. So I am in, 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 in. Berkoff. Um, I don't know. Maybe after it comes out, we'll see. I'm kind of with Evan of the multiverse thing. Like I don't know what they're gonna do with that. Um, and obviously Zach is alive, or it seems like he's in a, a parallel universe that may cross over with you know the. Yeah, what what they're doing. Um, I think the original game was probably, even though you're you hit the open world right after Midgar or the world uh, map, it's still pretty linear until you get the Highland when you get Sid in your party and you have the airship. Um, so it'll be interesting if 
I, I don't know how much of this the overall story that they're going to cover or like when characters are going to come in but if you have an airship that you can fly around in rebirth i'm curious how that's going to work uh Bold you know, prediction. You know, you bold. know that special moment. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, bold prediction. Uh, it's going to uh, Aerith being stabbed. Cut to black. Part three. You think it's going to end there? Yeah, totally. Why wouldn't you? Like, have them all on a death spiral, and then you could totally subdue their expectation, like they did plan this originally, and maybe say Aerith isn't going to die in this version, and she actually survives when you start boot up the third game maybe yeah i don't know are do we know if saves are going to transfer over yes okay so your saves are gonna um i well i don't know if like how it affects the title but i would not be shocked if saves transfer over in regards to maybe you get maybe you get a specialty weapon or something like that because you played the original yeah something like that but i don't think like your stats and everything's going to transfer over i highly doubt that would be the case well, it'll be interesting because like um it's a continuation so yeah it'll be weird. yeah maybe maybe they will have you maybe like you do you can either transfer your stats or you start at level 30 i was gonna say i don't i don't remember what level i'm at at the end of the game i don't remember how high i got I feel like they would start you over because if someone took the time and like put hundreds of hours in to get themselves at max level and then start the new game, they would just like breeze by it so quickly. It'd almost be unfair. And then they'd be like, oh my God, this game is so easy. (laughs) Well, yeah, when you do the chapter select at the end, like if you, if you want to try and clean up some stuff, it does feel like that. You're like super fucking overpowered. Yeah. Um, but then you need a shit ton of potions for the last boss in the Shinra Tower because that that is a mofo. That was that was the one thing that was the one boss fight I did not have fun with, which is that one. Which uh, Rufus? Yeah, Rufus or the tank? No, no, Rufus. At the top of when you got the very top of the tower at near the very end before you had the Sethroth fight. Okay. It doesn't yeah, he keep Rufus. dodging you, and you have to yeah. figure out oh how you? I, yeah, that yeah. was so. I was like, what am I supposed I to do? I couldn't figure it out, and so I just I yeah. literally bought myself like fifty potions and just kept dosing <laughs> me with potions until I could Bru- get that yeah, boss done. force it. Yeah, I was just like, "Fuck this!" I was I was going full yakuza on that on that boss battle. <laughs> it, yeah, that that was probably the most frustrating battle of the entire game for sure. All right. Moving on, um, we, we got. Oh, wait, go. wait, what, what, one thing I was gonna say. One thing I was gonna say. You talked about the airship, right, Matt? Yeah, yeah. You know that really, really amazing part in all the old school Final Fantasies where you finally get the airship, and you're like, now I can travel anywhere, anywhere. and it, it yeah. you're super satisfying. It's like getting the double jump in a Metroidvania. Yeah. If only Final Fantasy 16 had an airship. <laughs> Wah, wah, wah. It was so disappointing. Oh. I, I <laughs> felt like they were hinting at an airship and they just never got there. Anyway, we're moving on exactly. to Final Fantasy they 16. Totally they, yeah, <laughs> Final Fantasy 16. Uh, so, Berkhoff doesn't care that we spoil this game. So, uh, I don't know. Do you want to get into I hit credits two hours ago. Like... So I'm I'm hot and hot off the presses on this one, Evan. You 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 beat this game like 
a month ago. Or is it two uh, weeks yeah. ago? I think it took maybe about a month. Yeah, something from like that. June to mid July, something like that. Yeah. I played it over the course of like a month. Yeah, I got it on launch day. I think I played for like three weeks. Um, not a ton of time. And then I do what I do with all these type of games that have side missions is I do all the side missions as I do the story content and like, you know, get all the side missions done before I move to the next story beat. And I think I just exhausted myself out of the game a little bit. And then I was like, I really got to get to playing this and, and just beeline the rest of the main story. And I was so happy I did it because holy crap, it reminded me how much this game is amazing. Um. Well, I guess I might as well talk about what I thought. My thoughts on this. The game's amazing. <laughs> the game is crazy good. Um, it has issues, but really, it's. I think it is probably the best epic fantasy game I've ever played. And I think it's probably the best epic fantasy game on the market. And when I mean epic, I mean epic. Because the sense of scale on this game is just... It is off-the-walls bonkers good i am blown away every time i've been playing this game every boss battle with the with the icons fighting each other i am just at awe of what they're able to do with this and i am just it's so good i love the open world map i love how they handled the open world map it's probably one of my favorites um and I think it's a beautiful way of tackling an open world map without feeling the, what's the words I'm looking for? Without feeling the um, the anxiety of having this giant open world map where you go where, anywhere you want. But at the same time, it also doesn't feel legitimate in regards to like the distance I'm traveling feels relative to how far I'm traveling. So like an example, Horizon Forbidden West has an entire open world map, but it covers multiple states. But there's no way I can run from one state to another in 10 minutes. It's just like that physically you cannot do that in the real world. Where I think in this game, in Final Fantasy, the way they did the open world map, I feel as if traveling the distance I traveled is actually really long. And makes the map feel so much bigger than it actually really is when you like break it down into pieces. But it really does feel so much bigger than it really does. Um, and I absolutely love that. Um, combat system, great. I mean, it's it's basically Devil May Cry. And I love Devil May Cry 5. Um, I am missing some nuance a little bit with the combat system. Um, I think there's way too many particle effects. So I had to give myself the, um, the prompt to dodge. Because I just... I could not read the enemies sometimes, especially when there's so many particle effects happening. Um, that was probably one of my biggest gripes. And then my other biggest gripe is the fact that that is tied to regular things and not just an accessibility feature. So I had to use up a slot and a second slot because I didn't want to manually ta uh, toggle toggle while I'm trying to fight. I don't want to be touching the fucking D-pad while I'm trying to battle. Like, I wish there was an automatic... I wish there was that dodge prompt button as an accessibility feature leaving slots open for me to be able to put other things because I basically wasn't using that system because two of my slots were gone because I didn't want to deal with Torgal. Um, not that he's not helpful in combat. It's just I don't want to manually click his buttons and things like that. It just was too much for me to handle. 
and I didn't, I couldn't tell when I could dodge, so I just rather um, have the prompt. But I found myself dodging before the bump button prompt appeared, which was good because it gave me a little more affirmation of being I'm not relying on it entirely, but it's there if I need it, if I'm missing it. So like I loved it in that aspect. Um, yeah, combat system's great. Um, loved switching between the different icons and be able to switch. Um, it's very Final Fantasy VII remake similar in regards to where Burkoff was like waiting for the limit gauge to build. Whereas here in Final Fantasy VII Remake, it's waiting for your icon abilities to reload so you could just keep using them over and over again because they feel so fucking good and satisfying. Um, but also there's other nuances in the combat that made me feel more engaged compared to Final Fantasy VII Remake um, for this combat system. Um, I don't know what else to say. Uh, probably the last thing, story's excellent. Story's probably one of the best I've seen in a fantasy epic I feel like the characters were really well done. Everyone kind of had moments, and I feel like near the end, they all were earned, and I felt like well, there's so many characters, and a lot of these people are getting moments, and they feel so good and earned. I have one gripe. We'll get to it later, but basically, the near ending of the game, the villain kind of does the trope of, I'm going to give you a shit ton of information at the end um, with this giant oh. mystery. in the alt the the Al alternate yeah. area he, that you go to with, with Joshua. And uh, you just walk up the he, stairs and he tells you a little bit. And you walk he, up the stairs yeah. and he tells you a little I bit. Mean, like, what I are mean, you doing? I mean, even before yeah. that, it's like they had the mystery of Ultima. But I... And I... There, there was aspects that they did feed you a little bit of the information through a couple of the bosses about Ultima. But I feel like the big, like, reveal for Ultima in regards to him being the creator of human beings was nowhere ever found in any like i can't go back and see a reference of anything i felt like that they, they almost had it they almost had it and they just needed that nook and cranny somewhere to make you go that was it i missed that reference that was the reference i missed that told me ultima was the creator of human beings or is this god but like yeah or like I, plants plant a seed early in the game that pays off exactly like, oh, okay that's what that connection was yeah but i feel like the theme of what they were playing with with uh of like willpower and how the how community builds you up almost helped it so that it wasn't a, a total hamper because it wasn't relying only on the whole reveal of ultima and who ultima is and like that part um it was like the elements that they're already building in the storyline fit into that and so therefore it didn't feel as jarring or not as earned in regards to when you were continuing to play um i broke off the reason why i say it's a trope because it reminded me of final fantasy nine, nine. where you just or automatically or yeah you just go to this realm and they're like oh yeah you're a, you're one of us and it's like what the fuck you never never yeah, no just, insight ever yeah. I was like, and then he like transforms into like multiple versions, and it's just like, what the fuck is this? Um, at least in this version, it's a little more, it's well better explained. It's just, oh, they almost had it, but they just they just missed the ball on that. So that's my thoughts. It's 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 fucking amazing. We can go more into it, but yeah, it's it's I th I thought it was it's definitely game of the year contender for me, hardcore. Um, I'm wondering if we should very quickly explain 
the story to oh berg off, off <laughs> to see to see what you think let me try to let me try to squeeze this in yeah so, you go for it go for um, it okay so and this is stuff that you find out later but a really long time ago um some people are born with the ability to wield magic and some are not in a really really long time and uh really long time ago on what was the it's ash and what's the other continent that you're spend most of your time on Completely oh it starts with a v uh uh, it's yeah it just starts with the v that's fine just just say v this, this is off to a really good start by the way okay so there's two main <laughs> there's a there's lot of terminology continents. in this they uh, but i will yeah. say they do a really good they have this one woman you go to and she oh my god so so great that they have her in this game she literally pulls you a world map and just explains the conflicts through animation and it really just feeds to the player to really help them understand the nuances of all the different factions and how they fit within battling each other for the continent it's so good sorry go ahead yeah just had to fit that it's in very there. yeah it is it is yeah vivian Ninetales, dude how could you forget her name <laughs> <laughs> it's vivian Ninetales. yeah um so on these two continents uh, a really long time ago the the magic users were like re re revered because there were magic users, and I think what ended up happening is some kingdoms got jealous. There's a giant war, and then in the time that you're in, all the magic users are enslaved. They're like lesser than, um, not not even looked at as being human beings because uh -huh. they lost this war a long time ago. And each kingdom, there's oh sorry, uh, they're all crystals that they're, are they're also cursed. Like because they have magic wielding, they can get uh, if they by using their magic, they will eventually die sooner than a regular human. It, it drains your life, yeah. And magic uses anything from using a crystal uh, to, to get water out of it, to, sque to squeeze a, not squeeze a crystal, but use a crystal to create water or light your cigar with, with fire. There's a lot, oh, of, no, there's a lot of magic users well, like I filling wells with water and stuff. I thought the magic users were the ones that used it without crystals and humans used crystals to compromise not having magic at all. I thought that's what the theme was. Oh yeah, because the the non-magic users crystals to enhance their powers as well. I mean, they could, sure. they could. That would make yeah. sense. But yeah, most of the time humans would use crystals, uh, and they're all for the five yep. elements: so like water, fire, earth, that kind of thing. So you'd find like water crystals, putting water in wells. Okay. So yeah, there's these giant crystals jutting out of the the world, and then a kingdoms formed around them naturally because of their their um, utility and basically it's it's an, an analog to like oil basically right right because th this these people are so used to using crystals in everyday life um they down to using crystals to freeze like their daily catch of fish so it doesn't go bad before the market they're like um they rely on it so much that they're like they can't live without it and the kingdoms deal out like they mine these crystals and hand them out to people in the kingdom but there's like a whole like a um oh by the way like one, money system like one crystal one element it can only do one element so it's either mm -hmm. like from the fire it's either from the giant fire crystal from the giant ice crystal or the giant water crystal and that's gonna like get that okay. that that only does that one ability okay yeah but it's also seen as like a finite resource so like the government like delves out 
crystals to to people but you 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 can only i guess like they they get used up and there's a bartering system with crystals so there's this giant world kingdoms have formed around it and um your character clive you belong to kingdom you get betrayed your younger brother who's the uh welder of the phoenix each of the main icons um you get born with the ability to control it, but only one single person does it at any time for each of them. He dies, and then you become a slave for like 13 years, and then you end up meeting uh, Sid, which I I always love that they bring a a, a Sid in, (laughs) and you find out he takes you under his wing, and you spend a lot of your time in this place called the Hideaway. So what he's done is he's trying to free all of the slave magic users and create like a, a free society where they don't have to live as slaves anymore and around all of this the continents themselves are slowly dying because of um the blight which turns the land to just ash nothing can grow there nothing can live there and it's slowly spreading across each of the continents and basically what sid deduces is that the the uh, the crystals themselves are sucking the life power out of the world and that's why the blight is spreading so the only way to free the world of this is to destroy the mother crystals so basically the yeah. entire game is you're going to each of the mother crystals and destroying them uh in order to fulfill to, to free people of uh the blight but what that's going to do is completely destroy magic so imagine if like we're like all right no more oil like how mm-hmm. how would how would you how would we live on so like so then there's all these like political machinations going going on and um the first mother crystal you destroy, you get sucked into this alternate world and you learn that there's this creature called Ultima, which is nice that they use the name Ultima. And what um, Mitch was referring to is you find out that his people are like the, f- they came from a continent from the south. And it's, it's, it's very Game of Thrones. Like, you know how in Game of Thrones they have like the two main continents? And they hint at like other worlds, but it's never shown yeah. Yeah, yeah. on any map. You even go it's to space, like that, so. and like they say, oh, it's going to destroy the entire world, but like you know, it's bigger than just those two continents, right? Okay. Yeah. So, Ultima is a god, basically a godlike being that destroyed the other continents through using too much magic. Yep. He was basically like when you use magic, you're, you it's like very Final Fantasy VII in that way. It's like the life stream of the world is right, is right. magic, but when you use it, you 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 hurt the planet. So he, they his people moved to the two main continents that you're on, planted the seed for humans. To to he created humans and he went into like a deep dark sleep, and the goal was eventually one person because it's 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 basically his seed would be able to weld the power to create a spell that would destroy the blight okay well destroy the world and start it started anew where he would not have to worry about the blight spreading anymore right uh but he needed i don't really know why but he needed a vessel to be able to conjure that spell he couldn't do it himself and so, like, yeah, you find out, like, oh, Ultima is the creator of all pe- of people, of everyone on this continent. And so he com- comes out of his slumber, and you see Clive is, is this vessel. 
He's like, oh, this is the vessel I've been waiting for to create this spell. And he's um, the vessel because he can take multiple icons and use their abilities, whereas every other icon can only use their ability. He actually sucks up their icon from them and can then use the ability of that icon. And then the wielder of the one that he sucked them from can wield their icon, but not under control. Um, they've lost control of their icon, basically. And they've either passed it on, or in some instances, the icon left the wielder and went to him instead. So he's the only one that can wield multiple icons, which in the, by the end of the game, you wield every single icon. Right, okay. Yeah, you, you have Shiva, Titan, Bahamut, Ifrit, Odin. Odin. Yeah, you have uh, all of them. So basically, he waits for you to absorb all the powers of all the other icons, and you become like the perfect vessel, the strongest vessel for uh, him to create the spell. And then you find out, like, oh, he's going to kill everyone and create a world mm -hmm. where only his, he and his brethren will will survive, and then the blight will be gone, and then the world will be his again, type of thing. And the one of the best things about this Burkhoff is, at the end of the game, the reason that he fails is because he doesn't understand the potential of human beings and their free will. And the reason that Clive is so strong is because of friendship. It's totally Final Fantasy Family. VIII. It's family. But the way that they but the way he explains it, the way he explains it at the end of the game, he's like, you know why we're different? It's because like I believe in people and they believe in me. And there's a power in that that you don't understand. Because you never gave your, you never gave us a chance. Because he says it way better. I'm like, you know what? Every Final Fantasy game or JRPG, has, it's yeah, friendship. So. so you you kill God with friendship. It's a fucking amazing. <laughs> but the way that they actually like break it all down in the dialogue, it's like I was like totally on board. It didn't it didn't feel cheesy. It felt earned. Well, I think because the other uh, element came into play was like he went into the deep sleep. And he's meant to be a god that's supposed to be worshipped, and people forgot about him. And he didn't anticipate that. He thought he would be remembered forever, but then he was not. So then when he came back and people did not remember him, uh, people were like, well, why would you? He, Clive was basically saying, like, you fear uh, that your own creation is going against you because you feared of uh, being forgotten. And like people don't remember you, people aren't going to want to remember you. Now, why are people going to want to do what you ask us to do because you weren't here? So like, and he yeah, just he keeps saying, "I made you, so do what the fuck I want and give me all those powers." <laughs> and it also it also makes sense too, because like he he created humans, but he like doesn't understand his own creation. Correct, because he's been asleep potential. the whole time. Right, and and of course like. His downfall is his hubris, which is mm -hmm. right. common in most most stories all the time. But it's all right. I'll do a quick thirty thousand foot view of of my thoughts. I like a lot of this game, but there's a lot, also a lot of it that I don't like. Um, the overarching story is really really good. One thing that really disappoints me, Burkoff, I would say because I played the demo, that first two hours of the game is like the best opening to a game I have ever played, meaning they set the stage in a way that's like 
so promising. Like, this game is going to be amazing. And they do a very, at least at the beginning of the game, they do a very Game of Thrones thing where, like, there's going to be a lot of, like, people sitting around talking about politics, like, a lot of political machinations going on. Like, yeah. oh, I like this. So there's one of the the wielder of Garuda. She's sleeping with uh, the the icon. Uh, what do they call them? The people. Titan. That, uh, no, the the people that can wield icons. Oh, dominance. This. The dominance. Yeah. So the dominant of Garuda is sleeping with the dominant of um, Titan. Titan, and they're from two. Di- they're, they're But she's also sleeping with uh, the the king of Walud, who's the Odin's dominant. And you're like, oh, she's playing, she's totally playing this Titan guy who's from another kingdom. Like, oh, that's going to be, like, revealed later. And then there's, but, like, no, like, they never see each other again. So I think there's a lot of setup that they do. Yeah, she, she's the first one to die. But then like, the oh, death thought, of her like, causes him to go insane and try to screw you over as the character because you killed her. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's Sure. This... But, yeah. I, I just think, like, because you're focused so much on Clive, there's not, there, there, the world they set up with it's going to be like all again this all this political machinations and double crossing and stuff going on and it doesn't really um fulfill that promise of of that initial setup really um i just i disagree i don't think i don't think I dis- so i disagree well because once, once ultima comes into the comes into play it's like none of the kingdoms fighting matter because the only thing you're doing is destroying the mother mother crystal yes they hint at, like, Bahamut. I will say, there's one one of the coolest parts of this game is, do you remember the two, so Berghoff, two kingdoms are fighting over one of the crystals. One kingdom has the dominant Bahamut and the other is Odin. And they show, like, this valley where all, like, the, the knights are fighting. And then Odin is huge, dude. He's, like, as tall as a mountain. Comes over the mountains. And they're like, Odin's here to lead us. And then Bahamut comes and they start fighting while, like, all, like, the the soldiers on the ground are still fighting and, and there's like total collateral damage because yeah like a, a odin literally Muhammad bounces off his yeah. sword and it kills it wipes out like a battalion it is so fucking cool in parts <laughs> but uh, i just think a lot of it just doesn't i don't know I'd, you I, focus so much on this little shit i just wish there was more of that like double crossing and revelations about this person played this person they're actually working with this person you, like odin's bad from the beginning you know barnabas is bad it's like yeah, so but fucking i would but i would obvious. but i'd argue like the whole thing with uh oh geez now i forgot what's the one what's the one uh dragoon uh is that what is it dragoon bahamut yeah bahamut yeah 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 why was i thinking dragoon? uh the whole the whole machination with bahamut and like his kingdom like that whole this totally is you thought it was the wife no it was it was um wow we were just talking about his name just a second ago now i forgot it. uh barnabas no who's the main 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 villain what's his name wow Ultima? Ultima, thank you. And that it was Ultima. We're control- doing a really good job. I know. There's so, is so fucking confused. There's so many <laughs> names. But I love the I love the double cross of like there was a double cross of of Bahamut going to kill the child because he thought the mom was the one, uh, the, his stepmom was the one that was being the one putting bad thoughts in his dad about screwing him over about being king. And no, it was fucking Ultima. 
as the child being like, I planted yeah. these seeds. Like I set this all in motion. I was waiting for you to do this and you didn't do it soon enough. And because of that, you killed your own dad. Thanks for doing that for me, by the way. And like, I love, I think the opening sequence does exactly what the game is. It's just stretched much farther. So it's not like you're going to get those types of chunks of sequences all the time. You get it linked out a little bit where you get the political intrigue, you get the exploration, you get the, 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 the basic combat, you get the giant boss sequences. I feel like that, that demo is a perfect representation of what this game is. I just think it's really stretched out that you, there will be times where it is, you're getting no political intrigue for a little bit because you're doing the exploration stuff or like you're not, or you're getting doing the giant icon fights. Like it's just, I, I sure that's, that's why I disagree, but like, but okay. I, so wish, I, I wish I wish it was I wish it wasn't Ultima doing all of it. Like if there was no Ultima yeah. in this, maybe there would be more of that what you were asking for. But I feel like they did have some of it. Okay, so let's. I'll get Burkoff uh, in here. What? So I, again, this is like we're throwing all this information at you and, and asking you <laughs> what do you think about it. I know that's hard to think about. But like, would you prefer? So basically, you you realize like, oh, God, Ultima's here. And like all like kind of the political stuff where you're fighting over the crystals and that kind of goes away and your job becomes we need to d defeat Ultima. Would you prefer more game that's like, let's 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 lean in on this kind of this idea of the crystals being this like oil like resource and, and, and people fighting over it that level? Or should are you OK with them going more towards a traditional like godlike being that comes in and then that's what you're um, fighting at the end? I would probably prefer to have the, the micro story rather than the you know the macro world ending stuff sure. um only because like um the first Baldur's gate uh there's well that that sort of is like world ending you know uh end boss too but the stuff that leads you into it is it sounds very similar like um you have to investigate these silver mines and like the silver mines are um, or it's not silver, it's iron. The iron mines are like the economy of you know what's going on in, in that area. So it sounds similar to that, and I'm, I'm into that. Um, yeah, I mean, I would be, I would be curious. I guess I, I guess I have and I a little bit disagree with like where you're at. I, I don't mean to be disagreeing with you so much, but I just feel like, uh, like the Fun. whole, th There's the whole people that like the game a lot more than me well i just think the whole thing with ultima where it's like let's stop ultima is more of a side thing until the very end of the game and it is more about let's destroy the mother crystals and then you see the repercussions that happen from the mother crystals being destroyed like an entire kingdom has to move from one place to another and then fight to keep their own territory or like you get to you get to actually see villages be broken down and in scarce and terrified because all of a sudden there's only one mother crystal left and their crystals aren't working and how do they how are they going to start a fire or how are they going to get water and they're like talking about how uprighted society is like ruined and like entire kingdoms are thrown out of wrench because their icons are destroyed and their mother crystals are gone so like all of a sudden their entire um, kingdoms completely shut down and now they have to like think about mercenaries or um, things like that. So, like, I feel like that is uh, all there. I just, it's just, you throw the, it, the ultimate thing is just thrown so much in the end that, yeah, it does get thrown to the wayside at the end of it. 
I'm actually I, I'm fine with Ultima being the final boss. I love I don't know if you've seen his look, Burkoff, but I love his oh, look. He's it's so sick. Looking. It's so sick. It's a it's a really good uh, enemy design. Yeah, like you're right about like you, you do see the fallout from the Mother Crystals, but I don't I just don't think there's enough of that there, and I think mo most of it just becomes a check mark of destroying each of the Mother Crystals from Clive's perspective. That's fair. And less about how how like they're playing the game of thrones is, is if you will but uh, aside from all that stuff combat's great uh, it always kept me on my toes you can't just button mash you have to focus on 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 dodging and finding uh so uh Berghoff, you can equip three icon different icons at a time and for each equipped icon you have two um spells that you can also equip with that and Switching between the icons and using spells to stagger and then saving your big spells to when an enemy is staggered and unleashing that so you get your combo up for like massive damage. That was always a just a super fun part of that game. And when when you hit Mitch, your right amount, like you know exactly what you're going to do, right? Like it just becomes second nature. Alright, switch to Garuda. He's half staggered. Gar take 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 him down with Garuda's move. Like switch to this, Zantetsken for Odin rack that up and you just keep boom 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 and it feels so satisfying when you you you, you dodge perfectly and you hit all of your spells and like wreck uh, oh, bosses and best part about that, that too really cool you can reset your stats anytime you want as many times as you want so as you're getting new icons i tended to reset my stats because i was like oh i like this icon more and i want to put more of my points towards only that icon so then i just reset all my yeah. stats and then just put all those points towards that icon so then i have overpowered ability for that specific one instead of this one that i was using that i feel like i won't be using anymore because i like this one better it's so good yeah that, that, that is cool you, you're not you're never when you're upgrading your skills broke off you're never frozen in that menu like do i put it into this ability or this ability because you could put it into one ability and be like oh, i don't like this one and you can get all those points back and put it into something else and i think they realize like people need to play with these before they know if they're going to like them or not exactly so play with it and then take you know take that ap out of that skill and put it in the skill that you you like i do like that uh uh, music only, is great. Only hiccup they do with, a lot of. Sorry, only hiccup with that Go is ahead. like I wish you could remove just for that specific ability and claim all those points back instead of doing the entire thing because no, resetting sure. all your points and then doing it all over again did take some time. But that's just a little nitpicky thing. Sure. But go ahead. Sorry. Um, music is good. Burkoff. They do a lot of like hinting at old school like remixes or reorchestrations of old school Final Fantasy thing. And it's not all the time. So you'll get um original music and then all of a sudden you'll it'll hit like, hey, I know I know that um okay. I know that song. And they, they put it in at really cool times. I believe they use some old school Final Fantasy songs. I don't know the names of any of these songs, but I, I know them because I've heard them tons of times. But like at the end of the game, uh, it goes like dun 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 and it's a slightly reorchestrated or version of that when you um defeat bosses is really okay. really cool um that part i i really really like i like clive clive is a bit of an everyman but um sid is awesome it kind of oh, sucks that he's not around so for a lot of the game dude i, I don't because he know dies this voice actor yeah yeah he he, he, <laughs> he dies gets killed. and you become you become the next sid everyone calls mm -hmm. you sid because you, you you're you're finishing his legacy um 
plan of destroying the mother crystals. Yeah, which which I liked. You become the head of the the hideaway. Wait, don't like, all that you, stuff was cool. Though you don't get the airship, that that ship battle was still freaking cool. The ship battles. The ship battles cool. Yeah, the ship battles really cool. <laughs> yeah, there's so you need to get to the second continent to fight Barnabas, the the dominant of Odin, and Mid who is Sid's daughter is like an engineer and she comes back from this university and she's uh, trying to build this ship and you finally get on the ship and you uh, Barnabas has kidnapped um, the dominant of Shiva who's like your girlfriend basically Jill and there's this fight where uh, your your brother Joshua who's the dominant of Phoenix Phoenix and Odin are fighting on one ship while you're saving uh, Shiva on the other ship and then Barnabas or as Odin cuts the sea in half and it splits and like the one of the boats falls into at to the bottom of the sea and then you fight Odin at the bottom of the sea that's split that's parted like the Red Sea okay it's so beautiful it's it's, it's, it's super awesome it's yeah, so yeah. beautiful it's, to look at and then so to speed this up the, the last thing I will say is the and I said this in the discord I like not every the game is challenging uh, a lot of the bosses but when it gets to the big stuff where it's like icon on icon i like that they realize that sometimes boss battles can can be and should be more spectacle than challenge it doesn't have to be a challenge yeah, it's almost I like you your that, yeah. your reward for getting there so like kupta who's the dominant of titan you fight him one-on-one -on -one as like man versus man uh i think twice and then after that is the icon fight so it's kind of like okay here's the fun part so you 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 did you had your challenge you beat him and some of the fights are awesome and i will say i don't know how you feel mitch um i'm not going to say anything about tears of the kingdom specifically but i think that the end of tears of the kingdom the last fight and the end of this game are two of the coolest boss fights that i've ever seen in a video game ever i thought the final boss fight against ultima in his like eight fucking forms because it's a final fantasy game I'm like dude this guy's still not dead he like evolves twice like he's fucking but he finally like, evolves into character. the form that's actually on the freaking image about when they show about what he is i was like i'm waiting for that form when's that form gonna come into play um yeah there's like there's like remnants of the old churches that worship tim burkoff and you'll see this thing where like all the dominants are, are or all the icons are looking up at this like ultimate ultimate form because okay. like, oh, that's like the he, leader of them. What? Yeah. What is that? And it's him, right? But the best, one of the best things too is the final thing you do in the game is run up to him and punch him in the face, and you have to slam the attack button, and your fist is hitting his face, and it goes, <laughs> and then it freeze frames and says like nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Yeah, I saw that. Image, I was like, like, oh slain. my god! It's, like, it's so, so good. awesome. It it's is so a, good. It, it's uh, yeah. The spectacle of those fights are, I like that. I, I wish more games did that. And I, um, yeah, I was so telling... ultimately, I like the game, but I have some issues with some story stuff and side quests and stuff. I was telling Burkoff uh, a little bit about the icon fights before the show, but just like put it out there. I was like, I, I'm with you. The icon fights are amazing. I love that they take this giant spectacle 
and then create multiple new gameplay types to be able to make it exciting and fun and engaging and yet still feel the epicness of the battle you're doing so like all of a sudden you could be yeah. doing a rail shooter all of a sudden you could just be doing like fighting on a small platform all of a sudden you could be doing a runner where you're just trying to dodge against certain things and in context it's in my mind it's like it's not taking away from the epicness of the battle because they just know gameplay wise there's no way to give the player full control and to make this feel as epic as we want it to be and still feel the player engaged in what's happening around them that i just think they nailed it i love that they constantly were changing the gameplay mechanics and there's so many like the, when people are complaining about the open world and being like, oh my god, it's not an open world where like people can go from point A to point B. And I was like, dude, these icon of fights, they're making brand new areas consistently to be able to have you interact in these spaces. I love that they did that because those it made those icon fights feel worth it and special and interactive and made me feel so much of like keep wanting to do more icon fights. And they kept getting better. Like, that's even the worst part. That, that's a crazier part. I thought, like, Titan was like, oh, that's epic. Like, taking the thing and, like, stabbing him in the head with it. Yeah, great. And then you get to Bahamut, and you're like, holy shit. Like, you're going in motherfucking space. And you're, like, fighting him up in space. It's, it's crazy. It, it's, it, it reminds me of Dragon Ball Z. It's like when Goku is, like, you think Goku has reached his max level? No. He pulls some shit off that gets him, like, even stronger. It's just like, oh, it's so, so good. I just like, I don't even know. And I guess that like feeds to like, when I say it's the, my, I think it's the best fantasy epic. Those icon fights make this game feel like 10 times epic more than it really even is. And it's just like, wow. I just kept saying wow during all the icon fights. I don't know. I, 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 Burkoff, I can't. you just have to play it like really because when you play it i think you're gonna go like wow like wow i told him the whole game all right play it yeah (laughs) i mean i I mean you could just go on youtube and watch Um, it icon fight and you probably will still say wow that's like that's crazy that they fit that in there like i do know the um is it phoenix and ifrit ifrit yeah first that's the first one right where they're like falling down through the yeah 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 which actually, so. you you end up your Efreet not realizing you killed your brother because you thought Efreet killed your brother, and then you realize later on when you go back to your past, you're like, oh, I killed him, and then you find out Josh was alive. Which uh, funny thing, this is this is where like talking about this game with someone when you're not done with the game yet. So someone else was playing the game, and I was playing the game, and we were trying to figure out where we were in the game, and. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I went back and I like figured out my past and I'm like now going towards my future. He's like, oh, you're a little bit ahead of me. And I was like, oh, OK. And then he's like, he's like, oh, because Josh was dead. Right. And I was like, maybe and I just didn't want to give it away if like he was dead or alive. <laughs> I thought he was still dead because you killed him. And so I was like, maybe. And he's like, is Joshua alive? And I was like, maybe. I don't know. And then he goes, Joshua's definitely alive. And I was like, just trying to be like, maybe. I don't know. Like, I don't want to give anything away. And then realizing he's alive like five hours later. And I was like, God fucking damn it. I gave it away without trying to give it away. (laughs) Oh, you didn't even know it? Yeah, that's that's funny. I thought it was, I I thought he was dead too. But 
from the beginning of the game, I thought it was totally obvious that you did it. Yeah, I and thought they, so too. They, at the beginning, they make it seem like it's a revelation. Like later in the like, yeah, at the beginning of the game, Burkoff, you you fight Phoenix and you kill kill Phoenix, and that's your brother. I'm like, oh shit! Like Cl Clive killed his own brother. Yeah, and then in the game, like he's looking for this hooded man because he saw this figure of this this hood when Ifrit appeared. Mm -hmm. And then there's like like hours later, it's like he's like, there's some big revelation. He's like, oh my god, I killed Joshua. I'm like, but I knew that. What, why is this yeah i don't know i think weird. i think it was more of like trying to play with his trauma like he he couldn't he stored it in the back of his mind like he couldn't have done it it was someone else did it and also i think the way like the camera angle was done it made it feel like as at least for me i felt like from the perspective like they aimed the camera which the cinematography on this game is amazing holy cow wow just some amazing camera angles just wanted to throw it out there um like this is way better than I ever expected it to be. Um, but uh, they do a camera angle where you're actually viewing back and you're actually seeing Ifrit punching, uh, punching the Phoenix to death. And that's when he starts screaming like, stop, stop, no, stop. So I wonder if he was like seeing Ifrit from the outside instead of through Ifrit's eyes. And that's why he thought that, like, the intention was, oh, Ifrit's killing him. Stop, Ifrit, stop, like, not knowing he's Ifrit or whatever. Yeah, I think I think the idea is when you first become an icon, or there's a possibility you can lose yourself and, and uh, you become uncontrollable. So when he, he first becomes an icon, it's like an out-of-body experience. Like, he doesn't know that it's actually him. The same thing happens with Joshua when he he sees his dad get slain and he goes crazy oh yeah he just turns right and into he, the phoenix. he becomes the phoenix yeah and it like burns all the soldiers around him the same thing happens to bahamut and garuda there's i guess you can just like you, you like go feral basically and you don't know what you're doing which i, I like i like that i like well that i think that, i think they termed it as that you uh that the beast will not listen to your commands like the the beast is allowing you to control them and if you lose their respect they won't listen to what you're trying to tell it to do it's like tamed the beast or something like that but nah it's just it's, it's game's crazy uh yeah let's let's talk about the the bad st bad stuff it uh, <laughs> really quick uh like you were saying like i i agree side missions are just not very good i'm skipping a lot of them i'm just tapping that tapping the x it's boring it's dull i'm sorry can i just say um can we just get a different uh a different uh blacksmith that isn't depressed all the time because i think we did five missions that are called like depressed blacksmith <laughs> like i'm like uh, is it black I, was the same blackthorn yeah and I, I think it was like i think i did my fourth one or my third one and then i noticed there was another one after it and i was like dude how many times is this guy going to be depressed because literally that's what it's called it's like depressed blacksmith or something like that i, I feel yeah. like i feel like with these new entries um and the side quest stuff there it's almost like they feel like they have an obligation like well there's side quests in western rpgs and, and we have to do that in order to compete well i do appreciate though what they do out of these side quests is they do signify some of them with a plus which means you as the player get an additional bonus of some kind that affects you the player 
which then for me okay. helps like prioritize them a little more so like this increases my uh space for potions and and health and ethers and all that kind of stuff or uh or the blacksmith gets a new recipe for a brand new weapon type that i haven't been able to like not weapon type a, a brand new weapon that's like the mega powerful weapon that you could get in the game um things like that that it's actually helpful to the player and but those i also would argue most of them um, the ones with the pluses also have better stories. Yeah. yeah, there's an overarching story to a lot of them. Like the blacksmith ones he's referring to, Burkhoff, it's, he he starts getting depressed because he, he comes across like some like um, <laughs> item that's made so well. He's like, I don't know this technique. He's like, man, I, he like totally like loses confidence in himself as a blacksmith. So one other guy's like, dude, we need to get this guy back on track. And so you end up doing stuff for him and then he uh and but it all like all of it is connected to his storyline about the village and where 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 he started being a blacksmith and he had a partner and all this type okay. of stuff and it's resolved uh well enough and they hated each other and they stopped speaking and then they they come to agreement on on something and they did a total god of but, war on it the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah the two brothers because they're like oh yeah let's go back and we're gonna make you a weapon together i'm like oh okay thanks god of war <laughs> yeah and you'll want to do those because those weapons are are really really good um side quests and the side quests are awful uh Berkhoff, remember the one where the guy's like <laughs> it's like right down it's like you, you yeah, can see it's him. like orcs why, why wouldn't orcs you go have, with him <laughs> Orcs have captured a wagon. I'm sure if you go down this path, you might see it in the forest. And I was like, okay. And I just turned the camera. I was like, dude, it's right there. You're like looking at it. Why didn't you like put that wagon like slightly out of view? It was yeah. hilarious. And two of his two of his crew were looking directly at. They're doing like this, like covering their eyes out of shade kind of right. um, movement. Yeah, yeah is is ridiculous. Most of the stuff is like that. Uh, I skipped a lot of the dialogue. And in particular, there's one main quest where like everything's moving along at a at a nice pace, and it just comes to a screeching halt because you have to start uh, uh, mid Sid's um, uh, daughter, who's who ends up building that ship for you to cross to the other continent. She there's all this um, throughout the land, Burkhoff. There's remnants of like an older civilization called the Fallen, and basically your hideaway is an old derelict airship that crashed like centuries ago and then you like turn it into your own hideaway because it's in the middle of this lake it's like hard to get to they're trying to keep out of the eye of the the kingdoms looking for them and then mid is like this this genius engineer but they don't know how airships work because it's this old technology that was like lost and but she's like super smart and like it starts she's like i think like basically hinting like i think i can figure out how these engine this engine stuff works and then and this is main quest and the game just stops and you have to like go there's one in particular mitch you go and collect sand oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. come back to the hideaway (laughs) and give her the sand it is the stupidest (laughs) fucking thing and also you choose who who you're going to go with and you know how like in in um the God of War games, when you have like a partner that tags along with you, like Thor's daughter, right? 
in that main quest, the reason is you you tag along with her because well you're um Atreus, you're going through the story, you're you're forwarding the story, but you're also building rapport and fleshing out Thor's daughter's character when she comes with you because you're constantly talking um during that section. So you'll be figuring out a puzzle and moving stuff and at, when you're doing that you're talking and then there'll be a battle and then you, there's more walk and talk and then there's a battle and through that like you learn about more about Atreus you learn more about Thor's daughter and it like build it's just all character development in this they're like choose who to take with you I'm like okay I'll take Gav he's like I'll see you there bye and it like he disappears then I go to my map I go to the location I walk across the bridge Gav's there and he's like hey find the sand and it's it's it, it's highlighted on the screen, so it's not even it's like oh I just go to these five places. <laughs> you collect the sand, and then you go back to him, and then it 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 fades to black, fades back in, and you have like a very brief conversation with him. But like, that's supposed to be character development, but it's like three or four lines, and then it cuts out. And so I I went back and I chose the other person, and it's like the exact same fucking thing. I'm like, did they not play? these games that kill two birds with one stone like how about i choose gav and then we go on this mini ad adventure to get it does it's a MacGuffin. it could be anything that we're collecting where i learn more about him we learn more about clive and their rapport together it's built it does none of that stuff it's it's all just like standing there like old like um mmorpg stuff you just stand there and like talk to someone for three seconds like oh i got the sand like what you have to say isn't important you can fast travel back to the hideaway. It's all done. It's it's done so poorly. And you do like five missions for that. And like I was saying, end of the game, you're going to get the airship. This is clearly what this is building up to. <laughs> you don't. There is no airship. It never gets off the ground. And if you finish Mid's quest, basically, she just comes to terms with like, she can't figure it out yet. Aww. She has to be okay with it. She has to be okay okay with that you meet her and they're like she she's just talking about how like she's almost there but like it's just not working out and they're just like hey i'm like are you fucking kidding me dude <laughs> there's no airship moment and not only that you hinted at it for like clearly for like yeah. five missions straight so yeah stuff like that i don't it's head scratching that they put that in there i, I don't understand i mean I, I i see why they put it in there i just think it was poorly done because like in that aspect that's kind of the first time you meet uh mid and especially it's after her dad died and like understanding they didn't have a relationship. And then at the end of all that mission, then they go, oh, yeah, we're going to go see his grave. And then she ends up like running away because she just she still hasn't accepted the, the death of her father, um, which was the original Sid. So like, I get it. It just was poorly done. <laughs> I agree. Uh, there was also another one where it was like, but I, in hindsight, I kind of like they made me do it, but it was... um. It was near the end of the game, and it was like once I destroyed all but one mother crystal, they had us go through different um, areas in the world to like help mitigate peace because then you see all the destruction that happened and like how outlaws are basically taking over places because the kingdoms have fallen because they don't have crystals anymore. And it was interesting to see, but I was like, also, I'm like, oh, but I need to get to destroy the next crystal. Let me get to the next crystal. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I just, it's, it's ugh. for such good writing. It was poorly done with the side quests. I really, that was the real bummer on that one. Um, I was trying to think of anything else on my list. 
I mean, that's basically it for me. Like, it's. I, was, okay, I got. I got a few. Go for it. Um, so in that, I think there's a lack of um, satisfaction from completing stuff for the hideaway, and even in those moments where like, they're like, Clive, choose who you're going to go with to pick up sand. Like, Clive is the leader of the hideaway. Like, why is he doing this shit? Like, a lot of these <laughs> conversations, like, Cl Clive has to walk, you walk out back and forth through this fucking hideaway. And there's no, there's no like, real good loop. So oh, that, yeah, I agree that, with that. that like, there's it, no good shortcuts on little, occasions sometimes. No. Yeah. Sometimes so, like, they don't interconnect the, well. You go to the, yeah, you go to the gardener who's all the way down in the far right, down all those stairs. If you have to go to the other side of the ship, like, you're fucked. There's no other way to get there. And I'm like, why am I... Like, meet me in my office, you assholes. Why am I talking to you? It's it, it's it's the problem with a lot of things where, like, you are the main character in the game. So, like, you have to experience everything. That's go Like, you have to do all, like, the small stuff because otherwise it wouldn't be in... It wouldn't be in the game. You wouldn't see any of it. These things would just be like happening around you i just think there would have been a better uh way of like you meet because he has you have your office you have like the, the main like boss's room he has you a have, like, giant he desk has a and stuff book you look at that gives you missions yeah like, right. like how about how, how about some of this these conversations like meet me in my office gardener I am, i'm not walking down there like i got shit to do man right. and i think it would be better if like you were delegating some of this this stuff but i get like you're the center of attention so like everything has to revolve around you i just think some of that fest quest stuff fetch quest stuff is stupid like clive shouldn't be doing any of that stuff but if it's not in the game then the game's shorter and like they have to wedge in side quests where you're doing everything i understand that that's a balance that needs to be had uh, okay one one other thing and this is like small detail stuff and burkoff i had mentioned this to you so in every town there's a single merchant that you can interact with and it's usually yeah. like someone who's slightly outside town and the worst version of this is in Dalmechia there's a guy that you keep he, he has he runs an armory and like the the blacksmith area there's this huge building and if you go in there the detail is amazing there's like swords and shields on the wall and there's all this like table with stuff laid out like on cloth and he runs this whole shop, and the blacksmith is connected to it. Guess where you buy your weapons? You don't buy them there. There's a fucking asshole <laughs> on the other side, right on the outskirts of the um, town, who's just standing there. And he has a little cart, right? If you look in the cart, there's no shields or weapons. Like, where, where, where's, where's your? That's it's a small detail that matters. Like, if you were able to deck out, if there's a there's a bread shop, there's a butcher's, and to get from that the the armory, not the armory, but the weapon store, and to the actual merchant, you walk through this whole bazaar, and it's uh, like you you look in and there's like bread everywhere, and there, you can see like the, the 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 um the stone area where he's baking the bread and stuff, and then there's like this person selling like lamps and stuff. You interact with none of those people. It's mm -hmm. just window dressing, and and fair enough. Like they they like. They're trying to sell their stuff so you can like walk through and kind of feel the atmosphere you can hear their voices and stuff but then you go to this person like could you at least like have like a shield and a sword sitting in that cart but like right, why right. am i going i just don't understand like in in some of the older art jrpgs when you went to a town 
and you hear that town music, you're like, okay, I'm safe for now. And you would explore. You go. You it was separate um, building for your inn, for your right. your armor, and for your weapons. And that was cool to to go in there. And sometimes, like depending on the town, it was always like a giant sign with a sword on it. Right? It's a bit yeah. archaic, but that's how those sixteen bit games work. But it's it was slightly different. The towns were slightly different, and the insides of the buildings were and stuff. And I just wish there was more exploration in these towns instead of this single person that you can interact with and that's it again you can interact with some of these people through side quests but if you don't right. engage in the side quest there's nothing else to do in those spaces and i then just think it's like you need to make these towns feel a bit more lived in i i don't i i don't know no i can't yeah, I, like, I can agree with that i feel like 12 is and like the other that as well yeah. a bit uh, you mean like you couldn't interact with it or you could well, there was like specific designated areas right but um the main um city in the first third of the game is um trying to explain this to Evan and he's talking to his wife <laughs> sorry no worries uh, final fantasy uh, 12 the uh yeah, yeah. The, towns. So the, the, the main the main city of like the first third of the game that you're in and um there's a whole underground market Mm -hmm. where um i can't remember the, the main character's name um but like Vaughn? where he yeah Vaughn, yeah like where he's from i guess is that area right that's like underneath the city yeah. um but yeah there's like two areas that you can go to that where you actually um interact with things but there's like all this other stuff going on and there's like you know the town square and all that yeah, and there's one really interesting part, like Byron, who's your uncle, who thought you, who, who thinks you're dead. There's a really cool scene where you go back to his, um, his manor, and you, you, he, he thinks that like, he, you're fucking with him. He pulls out an axe, and then you, you imitate like you used to play this like knights and princesses game with him, and you, 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 you say a couple lines from it, and he like remembers it. He's like, oh, Clive, it's really you, and he becomes part of your party. He's an awesome character. The uncle is like one of the funniest people in the game. And there's a section in the game where it, it cuts. You're in Dalmachia, where where the bazaar is, but you're in like the um, not the best hall, but you're in like the pub, and you ha you you have like you're actually like they're like drinking beer and eating and talking, and then there's a couple soldiers that come in and they're like suspicious of you, and then you have like a giant fight in the town. I think I wish there was more of that, because like being in the pub, sitting down, and like talking about like. Um, like a bit of exposition, but in a natural way. Or like, what's our next? What's our next step? What are we doing? There's not a lot of. There's too much standing across from someone, and just the camera doing um, A B, uh, that camera A camera B, um, a hundred and eighty switch. Mm. Just too many people standing and talking instead of like, why don't you come in? And let's sit down and, and talk about this. And of course, it's like, yeah, but you just want you want Clive sitting on a sofa like chilling and talking it's like i don't know think of an interesting way for them put them in an interesting place and it, uh, even in the hideaway there's not enough of you like there's a pub in the hideaway and there's a mess hall and it's and you're just wherever the blacksmith is you're just standing there talking to him it's like why aren't they in the pub like having a beer and like <laughs> spouting dialogue you know what i mean right there's, right there's just not there's not enough of that stuff and when they do do it it's like oh this is refreshing it's cool that they're sitting there talking about about stuff and they're they're living in this space they're in the pub that's where they would have these conversations they wouldn't just be standing outside all day uh, i mean that's small stuff 
but uh yeah yeah it seems like they only do that kind of stuff know. when it's a cinematic and not an in-game interactive conversation which i could understand yeah, there's, why there's probably one, the yeah. system isn't built to be able to like build the tight the little animations like that it would probably take more time for them to do so and so they're just like oh we'll only build it in cinematics because like they do have moments like that but it's just more of like in cinematics than it really is uh like in game when you fulfill gav's quest his 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 main side quest you actually sit down and you have like you're at the the hideaway drinking beers and he's like oh thanks for helping me and i'm like i i wish there was a bit more of of that instead of just the the very video gamey stand and talk then go over there and talk to this person and then come back and talk to this person and then go back there i felt more of that in final fantasy mode because i was i was skipping all the dialogue just so i could get through the game i'm like wow you are old. there's a lot of go back and forth in the hideaway you are always <laughs> constantly running around talking to this person go back talk to hippocrates go back talk to vivian nine tails talk to blackthorn talk to um gav uh yeah but um some of that is the second playthrough. So, oh, I overall, I, I like it. I'm, I'm being, I'm, I'm being negative, but uh, it's just like a, it's so well put together. It's such a beautiful game. The combat is great. Those boss battles are are like cinematic and amazing. It's just annoying when everything else is so good. And it's like, why, why can't I buy the weapons at the? I don't understand. Like, why? How did that go over their heads? Uh, yeah, so oh, it yeah. just stands out in F such a good game. Final thing, the game is gorgeous and has amazing animation. Like, it's just, it's, it's second to none. Like, seriously, it's it's one of the best looking games of the year by far. It's like gorgeous. Some moments I'm just like, wow, wow. I'm just like, not, not just from the boss battles, but just like, just visually how it looks and all the, there is a lot of uh, particles in this game. But they're really pretty. <laughs> like I'll, I'll admit that. Like, it's like yes, there are so many. It's distracting, but I love how gorgeous it looks. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not gonna take that away from it. Mitch, I actually think in a moment of frustration, I think out loud one time there were so many particles that I got hit by the enemy because I couldn't see, and I think I was like, "What the fuck, man? So many particles! I can <laughs> fucking see what I'm doing." <laughs> I will say the like, one thing like, I like whatever. I'm not a fan on the combat system, and it's the reason why I turned on the 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 prompt to press r1 if there's an opportunity for me to dodge is the circle around the player with the arrows to tell if there's enemies behind them or not i really couldn't it's hard to read especially if someone's going to attack you from behind i can't tell if they're attacking or not so like that also made me want to do that too because it's like i can't see like, it tells me someone's behind me, but it doesn't tell me, like, how close they are. I feel like I can't read if it's telling me if they're attacking or when they're attacking or if it's a or if it's um, uh, a long-distance uh, spell attack or if it's a melee attack. Like, it's just wasn't enough language in that combat system for me to really know for people that are behind me. Yeah, the, the visual indicator on that stuff is a bit hard to tell. Like, again, God of War, it's a solved problem. Yeah. Right, God of War is is very clear. Yes, very clear. Change color, it increases size. Like they do multiple things to like yeah. really make it very clear. Like you're about to be attacked. This one, uh, I think they tried. It just didn't work out as well. But um, we are not going to have time to talk about the future of Final Fantasy. But we will do that <laughs> another day. But 
I mean, I don't know what else to say. Like, uh, Evan, uh, if they were making a Final Fantasy 16-2, would you play it? Yeah, I mean, I I played thirteen too. <laughs> so <laughs> if I can beat the game, I know I've never played Lightning Returns. I think it um, passed me by, and now it's like you can't right. play it. Let, let, that was the only game right I was now. actually interested in out of all the thirteen games was uh, Lightning Returns. I wanted to see what like what was going to happen because like the whole game of thirteen was. We want to destroy Cocoon so that our maker comes back, so we can ask that him like, why didn't you give us free will? That's like what the the fell see. That was their whole goal. Goal. I'm like, I wonder if. And then in thirteen, do he doesn't come back? I was thinking, does the maker ever come back? Well, crazy, know. crazier I, I, part. Now you saying that? That's the opposite of the storyline of Final Fantasy sixteen. No wonder it did so well. <laughs> and yeah, the um, maker never came, came back. What if Ultima never showed up? And on that solved. note. We're out, I think. <laughs> well, my, ca- my camera survived. So it's saying that five percent in the last like twenty-five minutes. I thought it was a lot. Yeah. So, um, sorry, Brett. I mean, that was a lot of you listening to us for a That's game fine. that you haven't seen much of or played. No, I mean it's it's fine. Like I, I think my biggest disappointment. Uh, it's just the switch to action. <laughs>